so an aircraft with an eight-man crew just disappears like a puff of smoke. One moment she's there, the next moment she's gone. They shot an arrow into the air that landed I know not where. We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways, uh, the podcast that uh, got a little off course, but now we're back. I am Paul. And I'm Kevin. And we're here to talk about, uh, I shot an arrow into the air. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the previous episode was, uh, and when the sky, no, it wasn't when the sky was opened. It was, um, what was the name of that? Third from the sun. Uh, third from the sun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. With that twist, it was earth all along. That's yeah. kind of uh, funny, huh? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it should be a similar conversation tonight. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, well, well, I guess we'll just get right into it. Air date, uh, January 15th, 1960. Uh, officially marching boldly in the 60s here. Um, Want to mention uh, number one song, Running Bear by Johnny Preston. If you remember that song. Um, it's, it's, you know, I listened to it and I'm just like, this this can't be a song that's appropriate for the time. And it's actually not. I was was waiting to wince listening to it. It's not as bad as you think. So um, <laughs> I think it's yeah, still be on the radio. Not as good as Marty Robbins, but. No, not as good as Marty Robbins. Yeah. Uh, number one film has been her. Um, I couldn't find anything pertinent around like the actual air date. I know I tried to find some kind of cool piece of history. I got nothing. Like so, the yeah, I, started off. Kind I of couldn't flat. find anything either. Um, everyone is still obsessed with space. That's about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're gonna look into a historical point for this episode, yeah. um, still stuck in the middle of the space race. So that's kind of where this episode goes into again. Yeah. So I guess we'll just get right into uh, the cast and crew. So uh, take it away. Cool. Uh, episode was directed by Stuart Rosenberg, who uh, did two other later Twilight Zone episodes. And uh, most importantly on his list for me was Amityville Horror and Cool Hand Luke. Yeah, I, I got I, I wrote that down too. I knew you were, I knew you were going to mention Amityville Horror, which that's one of those. Uh, oh, of course. Pillar movies like when you talk about like horror, that's that's foundational. So, yeah, and I think a few episodes ago we ran into somebody who was in Amityville Horror. So a little crossovers here and there. Yeah. Um, and then this episode was written by Rod Serling. Um, interesting little story about how the idea for this episode came up. I guess uh, I, I, I can't judge the accuracy of this, but uh, I guess the idea came from Rod Serling's friend uh, Madeline Champion at a dinner party. That sounds like and a made-up name, the, doesn't it? It sounds like a made-up name. Like, oh, my friend Madeline Champion. Madeline Champion. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess he liked the idea so much at dinner that he paid her on the spot for the episode. Yeah, five hundred dollars back then. Which I mean, I'd still take five hundred dollars now. But that's uh, yeah, 
Yeah. Like it's, it's, um, we'll get more into the episode in full, but it's like that idea just burned so brightly in his head and he gave money at that time and gave her a co-writing credit as well, which I yeah, guess, well, is, I guess you know. gave sort of an outline after the fact. Um, again, I can't find it. I don't know where these stories came from, so I can't judge <laughs> the accuracy of them. But I, I like the visual of Rod Serling sitting at a dinner table with a bunch of people with like a cigarette in his mouth, just like flipping through like a billfold, <laughs> trying yeah. to like, like sliding money across the table at her while she's just rambling off ideas. Um, and I, and I heard, heard as I talked to somebody, I was reading about this as well. And they said that this was the only time that someone ever suggested a story idea to him that he ran with on the show. So, uh, well, it shows. <laughs> uh, not to spoil my opinion yeah but credit to um, him though like like he would take you, the, we've talked about this before how you pull information and inspiration from all walks right like and he was not afraid to give writing credit to to women and to show that they're creative and that's not you know i mean i know we're marching into the 60s here and that's you know you're supposed to this is when a lot of this starts to open up but he was way ahead of the curve like you know like being social and treating everybody you know, equally. And I, I like, I like that he gave everybody the opportunity and he was, you know, giving credit for it. Yeah, for sure. And he's not just sticking to like, uh, other writers and stuff. Like this is just a friend of his. I couldn't really find any information on what Madeline champion actually did for a living, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I thought it was a cool little story. Yeah. Um, so the cast, we have basically just three people. I'm going to ramble off real quick, unless you have anything interesting about the other, uh, bit characters, but we got Edward Bins playing Colonel Bob Donlin, definitely the most famous out of the cast on this. He's in Twelve Angry Men, North by Northwest, and uh, one of my favorites, Night Moves, <laughs> and one of my not so favorites, Diary of the Dead. Oh, was he in Diary of the Dead? Oh, I, yeah, most I guess of that he plays movie, like I a for- doctor or oh, something in it. I forgot most of that movie, so that's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Right. Um, and then he was in one other Twilight Zone episode in 1964. And then we have uh, Dewey Martin playing Corey. That's it, just Corey. Uh, only Twilight Zone appearance, a lot of TV work. Uh, the only thing I found in his filmography was The Thing from Another World. Yeah, that's about all I found which, from him, too. Which, I mean, we got to yeah. respect that because it gave us the, the later thing So that yeah. I, I love so much. And then lastly, we have Ted Otis as Pearson. And that's basically your main cast for this entire episode. Yeah, that's it. Not much, not much to it. Um, yeah. So uh, before, let's just get right into it. Uh, we'll we'll let uh, Sterling take it away. Her name is the Arrow One. She represents four and a half years of planning, preparation, and training, and a thousand years of science and mathematics, and the projected dreams and hopes of not only a nation but a world. She is the first manned aircraft into space, and this is the countdown. The last five seconds before man shot an arrow into the air. Yeah, and that's your intro. I I had to cut out a lot of the rocket noise because they got really loud, and I didn't want to didn't want to kill people. So, so an arrow was shot into the air. Yeah. All right. Well, you want to start the synopsis for us? Yeah. Basically, like as Sterling said, that like you know we're and Kevin said earlier, like the middle of the space race. This is a big moment for mankind. First, like big manned, uh, like a ship to be shot into the air, like into space to explore, and and then once it's launched, within minutes 
um, it, they can't find it. Like it's it they said it's off course. The two the two technicians that are in the science basement of wherever that is they're at <laughs> with all the knobs and twisty bits and all that stuff. Which I love fifty sci fi decorations. I love all. Oh how yeah, science is it's portrayed. definitely my favorite part of this episode. Yeah. Um, and so they're saying, hey, it doesn't matter how much you know how much we have up there looking we can't find them and so they're, and they're basically like stare off in the distance being like we don't know where it is and that's that's the way it kind of starts and then you meet up with uh the crew of arrow one um and yeah and that's where the story starts kind of improper but there's not much story here um, yeah yeah um yeah so th- there's pretty much four people still alive from the crash and uh we find out that they have crash landed on an asteroid Maybe. <laughs> Maybe and uh, <laughs> not to get into spoilers yet, but uh, so you got Colonel Bob Donlin, Corey uh, Pearson and another guy who is badly injured and probably going to die soon. So they're trying to go through the rations, see what they have left. There's not much water left. Corey is kind of a dick and <laughs> wants to take all the water for himself and doesn't want the dying guy to have any. So uh, the colonel kind of puts everyone back in place and says, we're still, we still have to operate as a unit, you know? Um, so that guy ends up dying and <laughs> they end up going out on an expedition to find anything else that they can. Um, I think all three of them split up. Is that correct? Uh, well, the captain sends the two guys out. I think he stays with uh, with the rations, which uh, that, that gets me to my first question. It feels like they weren't packing for space, but they were packing for camping. And I this felt like very like, oh, I'm glad that we had this gas stove with fire and we have some canteens. And it just felt very like it's not what I would necessarily think of when it comes to being like space exploration, which, again, I know I'm thinking about this 50 years past, but they felt like they were just like Boy Scouts lost, you know, <laughs> and uh, like and also it's like they did not pack enough water. Like if you're going to go up in space, I don't know where you're expecting just to find water where you went. That seems a bit odd to me. Um, but yeah, they sent them off to go find them. They made the comment that the sun looked the same size, so they think they're they're still in an asteroid belt, which I looked that up. Certainly science is right that uh, with the asteroid belt between um, Saturn and Jupiter, I believe, like that still would make sense in terms oh, of relative okay. distance, um, like how it would look visually. Atmosphere yeah. doesn't make any sense, though. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. I, I didn't have an issue with the whole sun uh set up with that but uh yeah as far as like you can see clouds in the background and everything and of course they don't have helmets on or anything i'm like if this is an asteroid how does it have an atmosphere at all or gravity like these these have to be the dumbest astronauts ever <laughs> well yeah because you think that even even though there's still a lot of unknown in science there there was still a lot of assumed based upon our our own understanding of science and reality right so yeah that, that seemed, well yeah you look at sci-fi films from before this and people had helmets on <laughs> like we knew that they had to and I, I i don't know how much we knew about like atmospheres or anything but like this this seems sloppy well and it was weird because uh, i was going to mention this later uh the episode the lonely that we watched that dealt with uh, a rocket landing on an asteroid with a prisoner those guys had helmets and i don't understand yeah. like and, it, and and physically it's the same uh, same shooting location, but it just seems like that's it's an odd it's an odd detail to have in one but not the other. I, I don't know. That seems yeah. a little weird. Don't they take them off though? They, they do take them point? off. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, um, yeah. So once they go out, uh, the two guys get separated, and only Corey comes back, of course, and um, 
he says they split up at some point and he didn't see him. And then turns out he didn't know where his body was. So the colonel makes him take him to the body. And when they find Pearson out there, uh, Pearson tries to draw a little symbol before he dies. And uh, Corey ends up. Should I get into spoilers already? I sure. It's not I too mean, much. Like if, right. if, if this was, um, if this episode was any thinner, you know, it, it's just you could see through it. Like it was, it was really, really oh, yeah. bones, like plot. Yeah, especially following uh, last last week's uh, quote yeah. unquote episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Corey ends up shooting Colonel Donlin in the back and crawls up the hill. And once he crawls for about a good three minutes, <laughs> which I, I don't know how long that was supposed to be in his time, he climbs up over the hill and he sees uh, power lines and roads and I forget what route it was. Oh, but, I, I forget, but it's it's approaching Reno, Nevada. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so it turns out they were on Earth all along. Yeah. Wah, wah. And that, that's why I said <laughs> at the beginning where I was like, it was Earth the whole time. It's like, shit, that's the same thing. It's almost the same thing as last week's where it's like, they're going to Earth. And, they're, they, and they never left Earth. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, like the, the whole episode is supposed to be more, I feel like, uh, like the characters like interacting. And it's something about Corey being so, so jerkish from the beginning that the conflict was pretty clear. Like there was mm-hmm. no, there was no twist in the characters. I mean, the twist was supposed to be the shocking ending where, you know, you find out that it was earth the whole time. And I, and it just, there was a lot of buildup just for that. I felt like, and I, and I mean, I'm, I'm also trying to put myself in the shoes of a person watching it for the first time. And it still felt a little flat to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at each character, you got uh, Colonel Bob Donlin, who is basically a military guy who just wants to go buy the books. You know, he's, he's pretty cut and dry, black and white. Um, then you got Corey, who is basically in it for himself. And then you got Pearson, who is just trying to make it through, everyone to make it through alive. Yeah. You know, he's just, he's just kind of playing along with everyone, trying to play nice for the most part. Um, so they're pretty much just one note characters. Yeah. I so mean- there's nothing to grab onto. I, I don't necessarily have a dislike for Corey's character. I mean, he's, he's stuck on what he thinks is an asteroid. Like most people would panic the same way he does, you know? So it's, it's not like he does besides ending up killing two of the guys. Like before that, there's not anything that he does that is totally irreprehensible. No, I mean, to, to selfishly say, Hey, this guy's dying. We're wasting supplies on him. I can, I can see people making that argument. I'm, I'm not, I'm not against that. Uh, it's just that when, when it's said in the beginning that, that this took four years to make the spaceship and that it just, um, yeah, it, it just it crashes almost immediately, which I mean, you think that there have been some planning in this four years, but whatever, um, that the captain realizes like, Hey, this was our one shot. It's going to be at least four years before someone comes to us and they're like, yeah, but we have like five days worth of water. He's like, we'll figure it out. Like it was yeah. like, there was no, I think they said they had five gallons of water. Yeah. So that's five gallons for four years. Yeah. So it's like, it felt like he was very just like, well, all right, we're just going to dig in and we're going to get through this. It's like, it's one thing to be optimistic. It's another thing to be completely realistic and be like, well, like it's one thing to be like Matt Damon in the Martian and be like, I could grow potatoes for four years and get through this. Because I could use science and I have a habitat. They're, you know, like, it's just... Um, no, they're just stuck in the desert with uh, a cool little triangle fire pit and five gallons of water. I'm glad That's you mentioned it. the fire because that, that was the coolest thing to me. I was like, that, that was a real thing. I love that little fire thing. The triangle yeah. fire. 
Um, yeah, like it was very, very bare bones. Um, I, I feel like this is one. Like I, I don't ever use this word to describe anything we've seen so far. Twilight Zone. This felt cheap. This felt like a very yeah. cheap episode. Um, it yeah, again, feels, reusing. Yeah. Uh, like you said, they reused locations, um, reusing props, uh, even shooting in that location. You can tell that it was a budgetary thing. You know, it was three men in one location for about 20, 22 minutes of this episode. And even the music was borrowed from and when the sky was opened, which is why I, I was looking at my notes when I said that. So even even an episode like a couple episodes ago, they used the music from that in this one. So this felt very much like good idea, which would think this this idea is the genesis for um, the ending of Planet of the Apes. Like and, and, mm-hmm. and so so there is some really good to come out of this episode. It's just that clearly it sparked Serling's you know mind and creativity. And he almost feels like he's like, you know what? I could do that better. And um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we the uh, apologist in me for Rod Serling comes out every time I kind of dislike an episode. Um, You know, he was under such quick turnaround to get these episodes written and uh, made. So it's like when you get these episodes that are kind of filler like this, you almost just let it slide. And you're like, oh, all right. You know, like interesting concept at some point. But uh just a miss and let's just get to the next one <laughs> yeah like i feel like if if the dialogue was even a little bit stronger if there was some other conflict it, it would have been would have been interesting to me like uh yeah just just a little bit more time and thought put into some of the uh some of the background situation going on and the whole line with them talking about how the sun's the same on earth and they look up and you see all the clouds in the sky and my immediate thought i had never seen this one before so i went into this fresh without knowing anything and i was like oh i bet they're on earth (laughs) (laughs) you know as soon as they do that you're like they're on earth and i i don't know if that's just because we it follows uh third from the sun and it's got like basically the same twist just inverted um i don't know if it's that or it's just (laughs) because of the mistakes of having like the clouds and stuff in the sky which i guess he tried to it address somewhat well i i, I don't yeah. know what it was that really made it that predictable well you would think like so this is me nitpicking and i don't like and again like i everything we've talked about like in all the episodes we've done so far i've i have enjoyed this journey there there's nothing to take away from it i will gladly watch other episodes of this caliber if that means you and i get to sit down and talk about everything that went into it because i feel like there's more this is one of those ones where um the the, the details around it are much more interesting than the episode itself and uh, yeah and, and, and like yeah. you said the fact that this goes on to be a kind of a through line into planet of the apes i think is the most interesting thing to come out of this yeah um i just i would like to speak to i wanted to get some of the budget stuff that i thought was funny but i could see why they did it one like you'd never showed a crash ship but you did see a big pile of smoke coming up like a yeah. building. and i was like okay well that must be the ship you know and it was just kind of kind of like, probably I, just coming from that triangle <laughs> fire pit right um I also I also feel like the, the suits they were wearing reminded me of Vault Tech suits from the Fallout series. So <laughs> it had a very Fallout feeling to me where it's like you're in the desolate area, you know, the, the wasteland and you're just everything's a resource that you need to, to conserve uh, unless you're Corey and you're just like taking big swigs of water all the time. Um, which, by the way, I also did some reading too, like the, to, to add a little bit of detail to this. I was trying to wonder how long a person could live in a scenario like that. 
and one of the the few instincts that I had was you'd want to conserve your water. It turns out if you if you sip water like at intervals, you actually can do more harm than good to yourself. So huh. like yeah, it's like you actually want to take deeper drinks of water because then it actually hydrates your body further and it's not fighting for those little bits. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was trying to find something else to talk about other than hey, it was Nevada and they were there and that's the episode. Ta da. So, um, I don't know. It was just, uh, like my question to you Um, real quick. Um, if you were dying and someone came up to you and said, Hey, you, you, you're acting like you saw something. What would you draw in the sand to let them know (laughs) that you're in, you're on earth Um, other than writing the words earth. How about you write the word earth, you know, or uh, Vegas or something. Well, he had time to draw two lines before he died. So other than the, uh, (laughs) <laughs> what did he draw it was just the, the power uh yeah the telephone pole um i'm trying to think of something else he could draw with two lines <laughs> i i don't know maybe just an arrow pointing that direction yeah right like like, like look over I, there like because i i looked away as he was drawing and i looked back i was like oh what did he draw so i had to rewind it and uh i was like i must have drawn narrow and i was like no he drew a cross yeah. Okay. Like that's that's just confusing. <laughs> you, you can see he draws the two tie the ties across like it is a telephone pole, but it's not very clear once he's done drawing it. Uh, so it's like he was trying it's, to show something, you know, and it's just it's like the worst driest game of Pictionary <laughs> ever. And, and when they when they found him and cradling him, it's like the, the guy was talking to him like he's Lassie. He's like, "Oh, you saw something? What did you see?" You know, and it was very <laughs> like I mean, I, I just it was. I get why they did it, and I also and I also get why, um, like Serling has everybody over-explain things sometimes because it's like you, you, we've talked about this before. You had one chance to get this across. Who knows when this episode is going to be replayed again? Who knows who's going to see it the first time? So, like at the end, whenever uh, uh, Corey's having his revelation, that he says like everything about the episode within like a matter of ten seconds. You know, I, I get why he does that, but it still felt very just like I'm going to hit you in the head with this as hard as I can. Yeah, especially since we we give him so much credit for being such a smart writer. Usually, yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm just gonna chalk this up to him being rushed, and this is one of those filler episodes. Uh, two other things I had in my note. I guess I said one of them. I love the beginning in the little. I guess you called it a science basement. <laughs> uh, I'll go with that terminology. Uh, I love that stuff. Like I said, I I love that kind of heavy sci-fi from the 50s and 60s. So that that was cool. And then the title of the episode um, is probably my favorite thing about this. Right? Like I it, it, like that made me. I think when we talked last, um, I had a lot of hope because I was like, this is a cool title. Because it's like, and when the sky was opened, that was a cool title. You know? Yeah. And it's like so. Well, I guess yeah. this came from a poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Um. And the one character in the beginning actually reads the first line of the poem. But I, I thought it was such a wonderful way to kind of bring this whole thing together. Uh, definitely the smartest thing about this episode. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. unfortunately, it doesn't go too much further past that. No. Um, and I, what else do I have in here? I, I also like to, even though you could feel that uh, Stur, uh, Sterling, Serling was trying to drag this across the finish line because he did the thing that he doesn't do, which is have 
additional narration before the end of the episode whenever yeah. Corey's walking through the mountains and you get like you know he he's just piling on piling on this exposition that's really good because it's Serling but I think he also knew that he had nothing and was like how can I get across this guy this guy's panic that he's on this asteroid and is not getting out you know yeah. and so that it was good but it also showed you that there was there was nothing in the in the last like you know the last third of this episode yeah uh I, I think I would have been more forgiving with this episode if maybe it was later in the season. I, I honestly feel like a lot of my disdain for this is coming from the last episode because I, I did enjoy the last one quite a bit, Third from the Sun. Um, and this just having such a similar twist right after it. Yeah. It just makes it so predictable. It's well, just it, like it, there was no mystery in my mind to what was happening. Yeah. And the last episode, too, it had. Um, had some really cool stylistic camera shots. Like you couldn't do much. Yeah, like we were talking there. about. I think about yeah. like the props and stuff, where everything just felt a little bit off. Yeah, it seemed like there was such attention to detail. Where this one, it was just like, oh, there's clouds up there. Like they're not on an <laughs> asteroid. <laughs> like I'm not even an astronaut. I can just tell you that. You know. Right. Um. So I felt like I was trying to think of another time or situation in history where people ended up at a place where they thought was one thing and then not a, and it turned out to be something completely different. And I was racking my brain and I originally watched this in the beginning of October and then it occurred to me Columbus day. Like that's the, the master of being someplace thinking it was someplace else <laughs> and naming, was, and naming I thought people. you were saying a movie title. And I'm like Columbus day. No. I haven't <laughs> seen that one. Yeah. No, but like the whole like Christopher Columbus showing up and being like, you guys are Indians. It's like, no, we're not like, you are because I found India. Like it's just that that's like, I felt very like that was like the biggest glaring example of you think you're someplace, but you're not, I couldn't think of another one, you know? And, and so I thought that was like very appropriate when I watched this. Um, well, that yeah. would have been quite the twist if uh, Corey walked down and started just murdering people. Uh, <laughs> he's like, this is my land now. Like, aliens, you're all aliens. Get off my asteroid. Um, he's just he's just crossbowing them one after another. Like I think it'd have been like this is just me rewriting the episode. How cool no, would we it have always been? do it here? I'm going to throw this out there because I mean we got to give something to this episode. How cool would it have been if the guys that like the the people that are associated here were convicts and they were told that they were being sent out to that same type of like asteroid like um like it was in the lonely, and yeah. the, and they're told like hey you're on another planet there's no hope and so they're like you know what we're breaking out it doesn't matter like we're getting out because. Like I'd rather be free, die a free man, than you know, be locked up on space prison. And then they find out they're in Reno. Like I think that would be, like I don't know, something about that would be different to me, um, as opposed to just them, just like like they just they. I don't know how the launch went. I don't know where it launched from. But you think they would have been like, guys, we're only in the air for like thirty seconds. I don't think we got to space. Yeah, you know? especially to an asteroid belt that was uh, a few planets away. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, I just like this is. For an episode about misdirection and missing a target, that's very appropriate, you know. Like, um, you know, that's a joke, but it really isn't. You know, it's like, man, you know, and you could, like I said, certainly you can even tell he's probably just like, yeah, not my best work. Um, yeah, yeah. So, well, again, he made up for it with Planet of the Apes, though. So, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's um, that's about all I had here. Let's just go ahead. We'll get to the twist, and then uh, we'll we'll figure out what we're going to talk about next. I, I wrote my notes i had three and i'm like why did i write three i'm gonna give this thing a one now in hindsight because they had to be somewhere 
that's my whole whole judgment here is that they had to be somewhere. Like there's no there's no real twist. It's like they had to be either in space or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, there there wasn't going to be a twist that was like, oh, they are on an asteroid and they died. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's I would have expected that, but uh <laughs> like you knew they were going to be somewhere. You're absolutely correct about that and uh you could see it coming just with the line earlier in the episode. I give it a one as well. Right. I uh, like if only they would have landed on the asteroid that was just full of water right beside them. You know, like then they would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> there's another uh, there's another spacecraft that landed there from Russia on the other one with all the water. They're just having a big pool party. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that would be that would be funny. Like you see Laka the dog up there just running around that would be that's the episode i want to see i don't think i don't think that would have been very good for u.s audiences but i think that would have been funny um yeah you know what though and not liking it it's still 25 minutes and it's still entertaining to some extent yeah and uh you can do a lot worse with 25 minutes and even the worst of the twilight zone episodes Oh, absolutely. But so here's the, here's the question for you then. What do you think costs more, Sterling paying a Madeline Champion for the idea or the episode? <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, can I mix? <laughs> can I add in whatever they were eating for dinner into that too? Yeah. I don't know who paid sure. for the dinner, but we'll say Serling did. So I'm going to say the dinner plus what she paid, uh, what he paid Madeline Champion. Those two things together cost more than this episode. There you go. All right. So, um, yeah, that, that's that we're not going to sit here and, and beat a dead horse because I mean that would be in poor taste. It, it was just it's just it is what it is. Um, we had a really interesting episode last time that I had never seen before. I had not seen this one before. Um, the oh. next one coming is one I've seen, and it's one of the ones that people hold up as being one of the the best of the series. So definitely, yeah. So we'll we'll uh, that's the hitchhiker. We're going to talk about that next uh, next episode. Um, but yeah, uh, Kevin, how can people get a hold of us? Um, you can find it. Oh man, <laughs> it's been a while. Um, you can find us on Facebook, uh, strange highways. You can email us at strange at gmail.com. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review on there. It helps us greatly. Gets the word out on the show. Yeah. And we do appreciate that. So, so yeah, yeah that, so yeah. Um, sorry, one more thing. Go ahead. Um, if you want to email us any feedback on any episodes, for sure, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And I know we've talked about within the next couple episodes doing some sort of uh, mid-season break and covering a movie or something. So if you got any suggestions for that, uh, please let us know. Yeah, people keep coming up to me unrelated to this saying, have I asked if I've watched Black Mirror, which I've not watched any of that yet. And I feel yeah. like that's something I've been waiting because I didn't know if we wanted to cover any Black Mirror on the show. Because it's supposed to be really, really, really good. All I've seen is the pilot, and the pilot was phenomenal and really screwed up, and I can't wait to watch the rest of it. Yeah, so maybe maybe that too. If you guys have a favorite uh, Black Mirror episode, like I'll, I'll definitely watch that. So, um, for or, sure or whatever. Like I, I know uh, uh, all of uh, Tales from the Dark Side is now available on Chiller. So if you want us to watch, you know, Tales from the Dark Side episode, I don't care. It'll be fun. Whatever whatever you guys want us to do. Um, so yeah, that's going to do it for us. Um, next time the hitchhiker. So, uh, stay tuned for that. 
like, stay tuned. Like this is a radio station. Like following news will be the hitchhiker. That's not. That's not what I meant. Um, yeah. So yeah. make sure if you shoot an arrow into the air, uh, you get out of the way. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the like this briefly. Like the, the idea of shooting arrow to an arrow. Like I get that you're supposed to shoot it off in the distance. But when I think of it now, I think of lawn darts where you just you would throw them up in the air as a kid and run away because you know that thing's coming right down your head. Right? Yeah. So. Um, all joking aside, go check out the poem, the Longfellow poem. It's a beautiful poem. Has nothing to do with space. Uh, <laughs> maybe we should. Put that, maybe we'll put that up on the Facebook page. How about like so yeah. people can read that. Um, yeah, it, it's beautiful. So it's go be- check that out. <laughs> Bring some beauty to your life after watching this uh, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I can't wait for the next episode for sure. Hitchhiker is a, a definite classic. Yeah, absolutely. And we we will uh, see you on down the road. All right. See you. Did you do anything for him at all? Did you did you check him? Did you do anything for him, Corey? Or did you just steal his water and make a beeline back? I thought he was dead. And I was so thirsty. My tongue was swelling up. I swear my tongue was swelling up.